Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Two Tired Moms. We're your host Victoria and Shirley. Hi guys. We have a special guest today. I'm going to let her introduce herself but she is also a first time mom and she's also an author and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you all about herself. So hi, thank you for having me. Um, My name's Bex. I am the author of weirdly a number one best-selling book which is mad for me to say called uh, yeah called mum's the word am i allowed to swear on this i'm guessing of course Good. yeah yeah, yeah go for it nobody <laughs> tells you about parenthood and it is a book that documents the first year of parenthood and all its shit stained glory <laughs> I think I think you've more or less um captured um my my experience already and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to kind of uh rekindling and just like looking over the last year with you as we talk. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? I think that's what I see these sessions as is counseling to talk about what we've been through. It is. It actually is. Though Shelley was saying earlier that you're you were basically like your book because I've been reading your book and it I was literally I've just been laughing at every oh, paragraph. Thank you. <laughs> and my husband, my husband's looking at me like, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm like, I just love the fact that it's so like there's no holding yeah. back. And it's, you just say how it is, like, especially I think the bit that, and I messaged you the other day, and I think the bit that got me was where you said you dropped your daughter's shit yeah. in her mouth. Oh, my God. And I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's normal, <laughs> that's fine. Because of the way that, that I've formatted the book, so because it's in an alphabetical order, and I've put that under Yeah, accident. I like that as well. I didn't realise when I was writing it, I put that under accident, so it's literally on, like, the third page, and I dropped The first page, yeah. And I dropped shit in her mouth today, and I thought, <laughs> God, I should have eased people in a bit more, I think. <laughs> no, but it's good. It's good that you started because then it's not like, oh yeah, it's all flowers and roses. No, no. <laughs> like this, this happens. This actually, yeah. happens. <laughs> I love it. Thank I love you. it. So tell us a bit about yourself. Who, who were you? What was what was your life like before you had your baby yeah, Isabella? So, right. Um, so yeah. I'm a speech and language therapist by background. I okay, cool. work in the NHS and manage the stroke service for speech and language therapy. So we work with adults who've had a stroke. And then when I went on maternity leave in 2019 to have Isabel, we, I suppose your whole life changes, doesn't it? And I've always mm-hmm. liked writing. I've always been good at kind of writing because that's a part of my my degree but also something that I was just always interested yeah. in. Yeah. Um so I just started writing things down because nobody told me that her belly button would be attached to this weird clip thing <laughs> and that it would fall off and I just wanted a way to document all of the mad things. Like my friends have children and not one of them said the shit would be black when they'd be born. Not one of them said sometimes oh, they yeah. have weird bits in them. They don't eat bits, so you didn't know where it comes from. Like, I just felt a bit conned, I think. And, like, obviously, yeah. The, yeah. The, the book is very... I don't want to say tongue-in-cheek, because it's not. It's absolutely the truth. But I think I yeah. touched on some serious things as well. Like, it, it massively yeah. changed my relationship. It changed my friendships. It changed my view on yeah. my own body. So it was very cathartic for me to write. And then before I knew it, there was a full book there and I decided to publish it. 
That's amazing. No, that's pretty amazing. I don't know if it's amazing, amazing. or if it's just a mental breakdown on paper, but it, um, <laughs> I guess I, I guess know, it, can, right? it, it, it can capture all, all aspects, I guess. Um, and I guess that that's the journey within itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but that, that sounds amazing, um, Bex. Thank you. Um, I'm just quite curious to kind of hear a little bit more about, I guess, when you found out you were pregnant and um what was that experience like so Danny and I have been together since I was 16 I'm I've just turned 30 now so we've been together for almost half my life um yeah we got married when I was 24 and always knew that we wanted children Danny's phenomenal with kids and it was always a part of our plan um because I've got polycystic ovaries it didn't happen as easily as we would have liked. So we ended up having fertility treatment on something called Clomid. So that's a drug that you take that starts periods, because I don't have periods at all. And then okay. um, oh. tries to kind of replicate a period or try to get yeah. your body to start a period and then hopefully to get you to ovulate. Because obviously if you don't have periods, typically you wouldn't ovulate. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we went through fertility treatment for Isabel and then fell pregnant in the October 2018. And our fertility journey was actually relatively quick after we got through the system in the NHS and had the treatment. I fell pregnant on the first go with Clomid. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was for what we expected with our difficulties that we had it was a relatively straightforward journey yeah oh that's great yeah. that's great I, always, I really appreciate kind of how lucky we are for that because I remember watching loads of videos on Clomid fertility when we started and there were so many people who had side effects and never fell <laughs> pregnant so we were really lucky um the... I guess that well, that in itself would have been a bit of a shock then that it happened so quickly yeah because I think you you just assume it's going to be difficult the whole way through. And yeah. I don't think anyone can ever prepare you for finding out that you are pregnant because it, it is then real. <laughs> like, yeah. You always say that you want children and when there is a child inside you, it just blew my mind. And when they start moving, because you feel like, I think for the men, they don't realise that you're pregnant straight away. They don't get that smack in the face straight away but as soon as yeah. I was pregnant no. I was like oh my god and I'd talk to my belly and I'd rub it and I'd stop eating chocolate for about four weeks before I realized that I couldn't do that um <laughs> yeah like it just happens straight away doesn't it yeah no what like wow thank you for sharing that experience with us because I I, I guess that in itself is a whole kind of a topic that needs time to be dedicated to but I think you know fertility kind of issues is something that I don't think is spoken much of or space is given much of Mm -hmm. so I always like commend people who are able to kind of share the experience and not feel kind of like that shame or you know wanting to kind of like hide that side of uh you know their pregnancy journey yeah Yeah. um because I think it's something that women are going through and it's important for it to be heard I completely agree and I think there's been a lot of stigma in the past around fertility issues I think for a long time particularly because I didn't have periods regularly you don't feel like a woman you feel mm. 
substandard and so many of my friends were trying to conceive and fell pregnant straight away and you start questioning whether Mm. you've done it to yourself whether there's something about your body that you could improve or you could make better something that you're failing at as a woman is the ability to conceive a child yeah but Mm. that's so far from the truth and I think luckily now we've turned a corner. There's so many um, kind of support groups on Facebook yeah. and Instagram and the hashtag TTC yeah. trying to conceive is really, really common and where people share their journeys. So that was a real source of comfort for me, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and as you heard, guys, please do follow that if you're interested in that. We'll we'll make sure we link that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, fast forward into I guess your pregnancy journey. I mean, how was the experience like carrying baby girl? Um, how how did your partner also kind of re- receive receive it and support you? What well, I found pregnancy, I I guess my body I found. I've never felt more attractive in my entire life. Like, I loved having the bump so much. I wore tight clothes and I just <laughs> felt beautiful the whole time. We were renovating, like, fully renovating, rewire, replumb our house. And I wore paint covered leggings and a paint covered vest for pretty much the last three <laughs> months of my pregnancy. And I've never felt as beautiful as that in my whole life. But the start of the pregnancy was horrendous. I had the worst hyperemesis and was admitted to hospital. Oh, with, gosh. Um, I just, like, needing IV fluids, just felt horrendous, couldn't keep water down. And I think that's genuinely put me off the thought of another child for a while mm. because I don't know how I would do that now with a toddler. Yeah, yeah. But you never know, do you? Yeah, that that's the thing. And do you know what's funny? I guess it's it's not the same thing. But um, for me, I'm at that stage where, you know, we could possibly have another child. But actually, having gone through, um, I have a little boy, Lex, yeah. and he, he's definitely, I call him a wildling. He's a little wolf. Uh. And... Mm-hmm. Th- just that in itself I'm like ah, do I want to go through that again I don't know <laughs> this is what I wrote about in the know. They, they make you question yeah. yourself <laughs> so I'm just finalizing the second book now and I've wrote in it please stop asking people when they're gonna have another oh and there's a thank full you. section on it because so many people say to me oh it's time for another oh are you gonna give Isabella a little brother or sister <clears> and God. I just think one secondary infertility is a real thing two Mm. people might have relationship issues a kid puts so much strain on i think one of the quotes i really love about in that book is i say you expect that if you fall in love with somebody else it will affect your relationship but you never assume that that person would be your child like mm. when Danny and mm. I had Isabel and we are such I mean we're childhood sweethearts we're literally like yeah, the, yeah. the fairy tale couple but Isabel came between us in so many ways because you become mom everything about yeah. that child is, yeah definitely your world now it's so intense mm-hmm it's very intense. Mm. Priority. It's very intense, and it's funny you say that because um, I remember Fred and I. We we actually, 
we had actually made a pact before Lex came and we were like, we're going to promise each, each other that he's not going to come in between uh-huh. us and we're going to be, <laughs> it's going to be us and him. Um, and no, in, in, in reality, I mean, yeah, another child. And that, 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 this is how I think about, about it. For every child you have, that's like a child in between you and your yeah. love, if that makes sense. And it's like yeah. so much harder to kind of connect as much as obviously like having them is a blessing. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, it does take like extra work then to make all the aspects of other relationships then work. Absolutely. Um, oh, even saying that is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> no I was gonna ask you Rebecca so in terms of that I guess um going going on from you know you having Isabel um how was delivery like so as the strong independent woman that she is she decided <laughs> that she didn't want to come out the usual way and was breach presentation from 36 weeks. So they tried to turn around, but she's a stubborn little cow and didn't want to turn around. <laughs> um, so I ended up having a planned section the day before her due date. And yeah, as oh, wow. birds go, I really can't complain. It was, we had our own music on, we had the anaesthetist filmed the whole thing we had the drapes down so that we could watch Danny nearly collapsed because he doesn't really like stuff like that (laughs) Um, but it 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 was stunning it was beautiful and I guess because it was a planned section the recovery I mean a section recovery is horrible but the recovery was so much better than if it was an emergency section so Um. and you can have a baby with breech presentation you can have them vaginally but Isabel there was a higher risk to her health. I think it was four times higher if I went naturally. So I just thought there's no way you would risk that for her. I think it would be safer for me, but less safe for her. And I made the decision to have the section. And you know what? Like, I'd do it again. It it it... was lovely. I had a curly blow. I had my makeup on. (laughs) And I just walked in and I was like, get me my baby At least you got to prepare. Yeah, it was brilliant. (laughs) oh gosh no that's amazing I mean it's good to hear like because obviously not everybody's not everyone has a good Mm c-section experience so it's good to know that there's some people that actually like yeah they don't mind it and it's actually worked in their favor as well and there's not just it's not always like negative 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 about c-section so that's good that you had a good experience yeah I do feel like I grieved the labor Mm. I really a bit like mm. and I hate this now and if anybody says that I would smack them in the face and say no but I really feel like for a long time I felt substandard because I didn't have the labour I didn't have the real yeah. birth I know that that's absolutely oh, bollocks gosh. because the birth takes up such a small part mm-hmm. of your motherhood experience yeah. but straight after I, I felt a bit sad because you expect and I think I felt sad more for my relationship with Danny mm. because you want your husband to watch you go through that and then be completely in awe <laughs> of you and love you more than anything like they did on the film <laughs> and I kind of forgot that he would I don't know I just I just thought that's the way it'd be but ultimately like he genuinely couldn't give two shits he's just happy that he didn't have to do it I think 
as as long as the yeah. baby's fine and healthy. Well, yeah. that, that that's the thing, though. I think those like these are some of the little subtleties that, as mothers and as women, you end up kind of um, subconsciously putting pressure on yourself, you know, because of these ideals that you know we we're not aware that we have but we strongly kind of hold you know like in terms Mm. of that and I I think we've had a few guests on here as well who have spoken about actually feeling quite you know like what you described feeling like oh I'm not woman enough or I'm I'm not motherly enough because I didn't go through you know that natural birth I didn't get to experience that whereas you know that in itself I mean the main thing the main priority is having a healthy baby and sometimes you know that may not be the case but again that's the same thing when it comes to breastfeeding you know there's some mums who feel like if you're not able to breastfeed then that means that you know gosh it makes you less of a mother or you know you can't connect well with your child and it is it is we just go through so so many pressures yeah I think it summarizes little things that shouldn't even matter everything about parenthood Mm. is from that very first moment are you having a good enough pregnancy? I mean, before that, are you having a good conception? Like, for me, the pressure was on straight from then. And whether you want to mm. do it or not, and I'm so much better with it now because I think the book has been as therapeutic for me as it has for the yeah. readers. Uh, the feedback that I've got from people of, thank you so much for sharing this experience. You've made me feel so much better and and made me realise that I'm a good mum. That then makes me feel like I'm a good mum as well because I never put it out there to get that feedback I think I put it out there to let the one person know who felt like me that it was okay so to get that back from a load of people Mm -hmm. is really nice and that 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 is like you know not to be cheesy but for me that is really beautiful because I think that it mirrors what we kind of uphold in our podcast as well in terms of you know Mm -hmm. just wanting to create that platform where people know that it's so no matter how you choose to parent or whatever pregnancy or whatever your journey looks like you're you're still you're still good enough it's yours (laughs) yours, you know that there's nothing wrong with it um just that transparency really and I, I just think it's it's amazing what you're doing Thank you. I had an interview earlier this morning and they were asking about advice that you would give to parents who are maybe struggling with their mental health um, during lockdown. And one of the things that's just hit me recently is this is a marathon, not a sprint. Like every day I was trying Mm -hmm. to be the very best mum that I could be and never, ever switching off. And I'm 19 months in now and I'm thinking, God, I'm exhausted. But we've still got however many years of motherhood left to go. You've got to kind of yeah. pace yourself and allow yourself to have those days off where she sit and watch the telly and has fish fingers and you'll start again being super mum tomorrow. Yeah. But it's just not sustainable to try and be that person all the time. 100%. 100% agree with that. And that that's something that I've had to kind of learn along the way. Um, I think my little boy he has so much energy and me wanting to match that energy and actually they're coming to a point where I'm having to tell myself do you know what (laughs) it's okay if he's a little bit ahead of me Uh, yeah it's it's fine but me trying to kind of match that was just exhausting me and then that in itself is like just a domino effect you just you just then can't be bothered yeah 
and then you give no energy at yeah, all because yeah. you're just completely burnt out yeah and that's when he will notice rather than you kind of being substandard i hate the word substandard i keep saying it but like rather than putting every ounce of energy in every single day and burning yourself out it's okay to just stop and take a break yeah and like realize oh i actually need to have a drink today or i need to make myself some dinner because some (laughs) days i'm just so focused on trying to keep the house tidy and feed her and make sure that there's clothes in a nursery bag that you forget to do the basic things for yourself yeah <laughs> I don't even bother. You should see the state of my house right now. It looks like we literally had an intruder break in. I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. So it's Saturday tomorrow. We'll sort it out. Nobody's coming to visit, so there's no need to tidy up. Exactly. So I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> but no, I, I get, I do, I get it completely. Like Atara's like, so our kids are like they're the uh-huh. same age and they're like one day apart. So they. Her, she, her and Lex, I, I, I they match their uh, energies. They both match each other's energy. <laughs> Considering she's a girl, she's just hyper, hyperactive, like super hyper. And half the time, I'm just like, I really can't bother. And I feel so bad because I do like, I'm trying to, um, you know, do activities and stuff. But at the same time, I'm trying yeah. to work at the same time. And she's not even interested because after time, by the time I do the setup for the activities and whatever, yeah, she's messed it all up. Five minutes later, we're done. And then it's taking me one hour to set up this activity for us to finish in five minutes. And then you're not even going to pay attention to it. so true. Like, I'm so like, glad you said that. I don't know so how glad. some mums do you it. Put on Instagram where they've made a tough tray and they've got like loads of different things to replicate. Honestly, I don't know a frozen ice scene, and I just think, oh, she's not gonna care. Like Isabel would just walk <laughs> in, stand on it, and then go, "I'm wet," and I'd be like, she's yeah, just past stood it. on it." Yeah, it's not me that I'm not that mom. Yeah, I I think again that that's something that <laughs> you just know that you you just have to accept and be like I'm just not one of those moms and that that's fine. Um, yeah. I Lex nope. from a ve- very early age. I've just know he he you know you just have some kids that find inventive ways of playing with a toy that you're just like it's not meant to be played with like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've just accepted that that's my kid because no, yeah. no matter what you what kind of toy you give him, he's gonna oh, find gosh. a different way of playing with it. I'm just like, you know what? It's it's okay to okay. use it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Fine, do that all day long. You're you're so innovative. I can see ways. it. <laughs> <laughs> I've started uh, adopting really lazy parenting. Uh, um, and I'm particularly proud of putting Isabel in front of the TV on her rocking horse and getting her on YouTube. That <laughs> I was, saw that. that I think that was my proudest parenting moment. She raced alongside all the horses in the Grand National for <laughs> probably about 12 minutes. And I was just, I think I had a full cup of tea and half a packet of biscuits while she was racing. <laughs> and every so often I'd just go, come on, Isabel. And then she'd carry on racing. It's the best moment of my life. Let's go. <laughs> you got to win the race. <laughs> oh, you got to love it, though, because they're so innocent. Yeah. They don't even realise what's going on. They're just And they're just going with the flow and just doing it. I'm just like, yes, do it. Exciting. I, I think tomorrow I might put a fascinator in my hair, get dressed up like I'm at Ascot, 
and really like give her the background support that she needs. <laughs> but oh, um, just kind of it. like I'm um, talking a little bit it. more about um, I guess picking topics from your book um, the kind of things that you mentioned that I guess you know friends didn't tell you or you just never expected within motherhood and um, before you answer, I remember <laughs> being at work with my colleagues and um, we had like, they by force threw me like a little baby shower. Um, mm. Not to say I didn't enjoy it, I did. Um, <laughs> and I remember one of my colleagues was like, oh, um, by the way, Shirley, you know, for your hospital bag, just don't forget to pack, you know, some pads. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, you're going to need pads. And I'm like, for what reason? <laughs> like, because you know you're going to, like, you're going to have a period for, like, at least a week after you have a baby. Honestly, like, I, I wasn't, I was in such a shock Imagine. that all my colleagues just laughed at me for about 10 minutes straight. They were just like, yeah. how, like, did, did you not know this? I'm like, no, why are you, t- you're, you're killing my vibe. If I would have known this, I wouldn't have had a baby. What's going on? <laughs> And by period, they mean your insides are going to fall Literally. out for at least a month. Like, the pads that you have to take, Jesus Christ, they're like doomies, they're massive, aren't they? Do you know what, though? Can we? Can I just say this? Like, no shame. I Because I, I bought the always, oh, yeah. the knickers, the panty ones, and I loved it. Why they were so comfortable. Me? I was walking around with those massive <laughs> Asda ones. If it's like after... Together. I swear, even after I even after I stopped bleeding, I was still wearing it like a day or two later. They were that comfortable. <laughs> I just love whatever it. works, though. I think I wore maternity underwear, yeah. or you know those massive Bridget Jones knickers because they tell you to get them <laughs> if you have a C-section. I must have worn them for about oh yeah yeah, months, and then Danny was like, "You had this baby a year ago. You need to stop." <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, sorry, this is too okay. Talking about granny, granny, granny panties. So today, yeah. um, I've started my time a month. And I, I said, oh, I, I better find my granny. Um, I need to find my granny uh, undies. Um, and then Fred was like, well, you, yeah. you always, I don't know why you're trying to look for them. You're always wearing them. <laughs> like, basically trying to say. <laughs> I was like, there's no, there's, there's, no, there's no need for that. They you all know, look the same. There's no need for that kind of abuse. <laughs> They're just so comfortable. <laughs> They are honestly. It's like after you have a baby, like these, like thongs and everything else. It's just like what? Nah, yeah. Granny Patsy's is where it is. A good idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ! full boots or nothing now. Like I can't even go with those middies. They're too much of a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, this is amazing. What, what were some of the other things that you kind of found okay. out along the way that? You just blew your mind oh, I suppose there's some miserable things isn't there like it, it, I definitely <laughs> think the body thing surprised me I've always been a size 8 to 10 mm. before Isabel and then after Isabel uh, yeah. I, I remember, it's stupid looking back at it now I went to Primark probably about a week after Isabel was born to buy some new jeans and I took in a size 14 and a size 16 <laughs> and none of them fit me and I was going to Danny you, you, oh, these, you're going to have to go somewhere else because there's something wrong with the sizes in this shop 
and he was like, just get an 18. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting an 18. Sorry, I'm, I'm a size 10. And he was like, no, well, yeah, but you've just had a bit. That, so I had to buy a size 18. And to be honest, like, I am not for fat shaming people. But it absolutely shocked me that I was four sizes bigger yeah. than what I should have been. And it, it's not even about mm. the number. But it blew my mind that the baby was out and I couldn't fit back in the jeans. I was like, but no, I'm not meant to be fat anymore. She's here. And I'm breastfeeding and people tell you that you lose weight. Then. Oh, that was a lie. You lose weight. Oh, the biggest lie. Pump. My nipples were bleeding. <laughs> also, I could lose weight and I didn't lose weight. Oh, yeah, no. I'll, I'll... <laughs> oh, I think yeah, that was definitely joke. the biggest Seven lie, wasn't it? <laughs> to be fair... Isabel latched on straight away. She latched on while I was still in theatre. And she just stayed on the boob. Um, So it worked quite easily for us. And it's free. Like, that was the biggest selling point to me. It was free. I didn't have to pay for formula. So when everybody goes... People used to justify the reason for stopping breastfeeding to me all the time whenever I breastfed when we were out at soft play everyone who was a bottle feeding or formula feeding mum would go oh I really wanted to breastfeed but and they're trying to explain themselves to me I'll tell you now please don't explain (laughs) yourself to anybody for the decision that you've made like it really made me so sad yeah. that these incredible mums were trying to justify themselves like I was on a pedestal because I was breastfeeding. I breastfed Isabel, one, because it was free, two, because she latched on and it seemed to work, and three, because I just got the hang of it. And I, I, mm-hmm. I'm all for something that is the best for the baby, but I genuinely think if you go into nursery or a yeah. primary school now, there's no way that you could tell which kids were breastfed and which kids were formula fed. So as much nope. as I'm an advocate for breastfeeding and I will tell people, go and do it anywhere, you are a woman and you have this superpower. If you bottle feed, it really just irritates me that people feel the need to justify themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. And I think it, it's not just like with... Um just like breastfeeding I think as you, as you you have your baby and they're going through certain milestones changes you do find that there are things or maybe certain ways that people might adopt I don't know how you want to bring uh-huh. up your child and if they feel like oh maybe it's not in line with what everybody else is doing feels like there's a need to kind of try and explain yourself and it's like uh-huh. well whatever fits your lifestyle whatever fits what's kind of best for you to cope I mean you don't need to kind of explain that as yeah. you've said and um, talking about kind of the, the whole body, um, how your body changes, um, I remember for, for me, I was quite shameless. I was, I was one of those people, even during pregnancy, um, my belly was big. Um, I was refu- I refused to basically buy maternity yeah. clothing. I bought like I invested in like two maternity leggings and. <laughs> outside of that I wore my husband's yeah. clothes all the time he was getting quite annoyed at work I'm at work I'm sure you know my colleagues had a free show of my nana my belly I'm sure because my zip was always flying low I'm sure they had a flash of boobs sometimes I was just quite shameless and after I had Lex still I was refusing to buy new clothes and just leaving my flyers yeah. open <laughs> Just, just waiting for them to one day zip themselves back up. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> when you were talking about like um, feeling like no, like I'm not changing size. I this is the size that I am. I do feel like you go through a little bit of a delusional yeah. moment where. <laughs> You just you just refuse to believe Honestly. that such a yeah. shift, like just within a year of having a baby, just the drastic change that your body goes through. And one of my friends actually, I was having I'm talking with her the other day, and she just had a baby. I think her baby's about seven months, and she was talking about you know the changes in her body. And I was saying, you know, imagine for you know I'm I'm thirty. Imagine for what twenty eight years of your life you're used to seeing your body in this you know be a certain type of way behave in a certain type of way then within one year mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it just whoa it just it changes you the back of your head like what is going on here and it honestly just takes it takes some time for you to kind of shift into acceptance yeah. and to start loving your body but it is hard and I don't think mm-hmm. people realize how hard it is especially when you're used to seeing in a certain exactly. type of way I can't agree with you more I'm, it's so true yeah and I think I'd... it doesn't even necessarily mean about the size that you were for me it's it's the yeah. way that yeah. clothes hang off you now the whole body shape has changed my hips have completely changed I was very like athletic before so very slim and kind of didn't have any curves mm. and now I'm curvy and that is a really sexy body type for men but I just don't know how to dress that body so none of my clothes even if they physically fit none of them fit the same anymore because it's just a lot bumpier yeah no I think it took me like I think it took me a few months no I I lied it took I no I lied I still haven't gotten rid of my clothes Because yeah. like, like just like you, I like literally I'm a size six, size eight. So when I had a baby and <laughs> I couldn't even fit into my jeans, I thought, nah, this is not working. I don't understand the concept of this because all my life I've literally been size six, yeah. size eight. And even when I've tried to put on weight, it never happened. And now you're trying to tell me that all of a sudden <laughs> I have to change my wardrobe. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> No, it's like, I definitely, yeah, I agree. I, 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 See, luckily now I thing. do fit into I my clothes. But... The excuse of, yeah, <laughs> but wasn't. I've just had a baby. She's nearly two. I've not just had a baby anymore. <laughs> but I'm just hoping <laughs> that it's going to fix itself. Somebody was banging on to me the other day about, do some exercise. And I was like, no, I just want it to go back to normal without me having to do anything. <laughs> mm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's got time for that. <laughs> oh gosh! No, I think it's like the little time that you do get. You don't exactly want to be exercising. You just want to chill. Yeah. You just want to be like, in your time fun, with a glass I never of wine. Used to have to do it in before. front of the TV. I think that's the problem. If I used to have to work up my body before, <laughs> then I'd be like, right, okay, I'll do that now. I I never I could eat. So when I was pregnant, I ate twenty three Easter eggs before Easter. We bought me. twenty. I think we bought twenty five Easter eggs for like family. Oh God! Whatever. I ate twenty three of them. Danny was so angry with me. He was like, um, "You ate all the Easter eggs." Works. I I didn't. Uh, obviously, I did put on weight, but like, I I just could eat what I wanted before I had a baby. And now, if I eat an Easter egg now, I put on about three pound. <laughs> joke it makes me so angry 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. I think my my body, I think mean, I don't know about you, but my body's actually back to normal now ish. What didn't help really? me was contraception. Contraception yeah. really messed up my body. And I think that's why I put on a lot of weight. But now oh, that wow. I'm off it, it's like, okay, I'm back I'm back to like my size eight. Yeah. But I've lost everything. My breasts yeah, are like non existent now. I'm waiting for that to come back. No. No, no, it's actually annoying. I think that really upset me. <laughs> Shirley's probably the lucky one because she managed to gain some booty but and even, some even booty. That, right, Bex, when you but were talking about no. like, being having a little bit of cut, it, it does throw you off because as much as you know, like my my husband, he 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 doesn't mind a little you know yeah. lumps of bumps, but actually for you, it just you you just feel alien. You're just like, where exactly. is this coming from? If I saw my body, this this don't yeah. belong to me. If I saw my body on mm-hmm. another woman, I'd be like, oh yeah, she's got a great body, but I yeah. I don't know how to dress this woman. Like nothing <laughs> fits the same. I'd just love for like Got Quan if he's listening. To just pop round, yeah, and just tell me how to dress myself. Yeah, I don't know. What oh my god, I miss him. <laughs> Is he still on TV? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh no, yeah, no, definitely. We need someone to come and style us. So any stylist on the show, on well, listening, <laughs> if you want to help some moms um, out, Beth, let us know. <laughs> just tell us a little bit about Izzy. Um, do you yeah, call her Izzy, Danny calls. Well, it's really embarrassing, actually. So we started with Isabel, and then she went to Izzy, and then she went to Izzy Busy, and then she went to Busy. Then it was just Bizzle, and now it's Biz. So now she's like some <laughs> 90s rap star that we call Biz. Danny calls her Biz Boz and she started calling herself Biz Boz. So I've, I've got no idea what she's going to be called by the time she goes to school. But in my head, she's she's still an Isabel. I don't know. I always wanted a little Belle, but she's not. She's too boisterous to be Belle, I think. I think Izzy is what she's going to get. Yeah. I mean, how, how has kind of like motherhood been for you so far? Um... I like this stage now. So she's 19 months now. She's starting, her speech is brilliant, actually. I'm a speech therapist, aren't I? So there was massive pressure that I put on myself for a speech development. But Mm -hmm. as you may have figured out, I quite like to talk. And as a result, I think I've just constantly spoken to her from the day that she was born. And now she started teaching. Uh, talking back to me poor Danny doesn't know what to do because he's got two kids in the house who are just yapping at them all the time and all he wants to do is sit and eat his dinner in peace without me and Isabel having a go at him but yeah I like this (laughs) stage because I feel like finally I'm putting something into it putting my effort and my time into it and I'm getting something back and I know that that's really selfish to say but newborns are hard because yeah. you give them everything and they literally give you nothing back they just they, they just fart yeah. in your face and they just shit on nothing. you like, this, is, <laughs> this is not what I signed up to so yeah I'm enjoying this stage now I think I found the newborn stage harder than I expected probably because in my whole life I've always been really successful in whatever I've done so when I got this kid and she was the boss and I had no yeah. control, it threw me because I've always known, like I've always been able to revise 
and just pass an exam and there was no book to tell me what to do and she hadn't read the book on what to do so she was figuring her way out and so was I and I guess that lack of control is massive isn't it when you think shit I don't know what I'm doing here and I'm stuck yeah 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 no definitely that can be um I think it it can really shake your self identity mm. your it can just really just shake everything that you had grounded and for me I I can definitely relate with you on that mm-hmm. um in I think before I found it quite difficult to kind of say it, it almost felt like I needed to whisper it like yeah no I didn't enjoy um mm. you know be like newborn stage or that you know it wasn't as thrilling as other mums find it or that I don't want to go to mummy groups or that you know I'm just I'm just not I'm just not your oh, conventional God, I hate parent them. like that's yeah. okay um like like you um I think this stage yeah, yeah um <laughs> as much as yes it is hard work in a sense that I think you do have to put in more in terms of I guess you, they're constantly mm. active and they do definitely give give it to you back but it is it is fun like seeing their little personalities develop yeah. even more like um uh, Lex um he tends to stand by the um end of the stair staircase and calls me calls down <laughs> <"Hey>, babe <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Literally call call all the time. I'm just like, um not your babe. Oh Honestly, I'm like, I'm not your babe. I'm your I wonder where he gets where he gets it from. That's best for me. Danny only calls me Beck and for ages Isabella just shout Beck, Beck and I'd be so angry at him because I'd be like, She's the one person in the world who can call me mummy and you've ruined that. He thought it was hilarious, so he carried on and on and on. <laughs> no, see that that was me. So at first, Lex used to call Fred babe, and Fred would get quite yeah. annoyed with me because he's just like, Why are you doing that? Like he needs to call me daddy. Then he started calling me babe, and I'm just like, Hold on, what's going on? <laughs> it is funny how much they pick up though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, oh my god, they pick up the weirdest stuff as well. Like Atara does this thing when you say, "Okay, go to sleep," she'll like just at random times she would then go on the stairs <laughs> and sit there and then start snoring. <laughs> I'm like, who are you talk like who? Not me, obviously, because I don't snore. <laughs> so who? Are you trying to mimic and take the piece to... out? Because it's I not love me. It. I was speaking to one of the girls on Instagram. At least just that snoring. An Go amazing on. company actually called Glow Mama Box. It sends out like self care stuff to mums. And she was saying how her little boy has started looking out of the yeah. window in the morning and going, Oh, look. But because he can't say look, he goes, Oh, fuck. Every morning out of the window, <laughs> and she's sending him to nursery next week. And she's like, "What do I do?" Oh, gosh. He's consistently saying "fuck" for luck. and I was like, oh, I, "I don't know what to do. I'm really sorry." No way. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, no, she's just gonna oh have to ride, God. Yeah. ride the wave. She was like, "I'm more than I'm gonna think that. I swear because." It, because he says oh with such excitement it really sounds like he's really angry when he goes oh fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, yeah, no, kids do the most weirdest things, and I just feel like it comes up. You just have yeah. to be shameless because you just, you just don't have any answers for their behavior. Like yesterday, um, when I picked up Lex from nursery, no. and um, I was told that you know he's been acting like a little teenager. He just sits, um, he just sits there and has his hand down his <laughs> pants, and just. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was just like, well, as you do. I, well, it, it is what I, I don't know what you want me to say in response to that. There's nothing I could do with that. <laughs> what, what, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> okay, I mean, in terms of like, go on, no, go on, no. Do you know, go on. No, I was gonna say this, like, because we, well, I, I've, I'm potty training, and yeah. I say that very loosely because it's it's a back and forth thing. <laughs> But Atara does this thing where she'll sit on a potty. She wants to do it. She wants to poo. She sits on a potty. <laughs> starts pooing. She drops one and she thinks she's done. So she gets up and thinks and then walks away from the potty. And then yesterday <laughs> she did it. And then she did the shit on the floor. She then picked it up and gave it to me and said, yucky, disgusting. I said, well, yeah, it's disgusting because you just, it's a shit. And you've just shit on my floor. <laughs> I'm like, it's, this, they, she's like, that's it, where she's literally like picking up so much words. Like, she said, disgusting. I'm like, where did she even get really that from? Like, who? When, where? When how? Have a situation. But no, like that, they're amazing. Kind of, you want to show some authority or some discipline or have a response to them. But it's so, you're so impressed with their language or the little words that they know that you're like, oh, wow. And then you think, oh, I should be able to share that <laughs> Well done. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe that. Carrying shit, you were gonna like, say. We're so used to carrying shit now. Do you know what I mean? There's probably shit under my fingernails right now. Think of me, like three oh, years yeah, yeah, yeah. ago. There was yeah, yeah. no way that I would sit with shit under my fingernails on a Friday night. And yet now it's just the norm. <laughs> yeah, I've had dinner, and you've probably had dishes. dinner. Like, you probably had dinner without realizing, and always the carpet always smells like wee, no matter how much you clean it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's normal. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. My my home, my sofa, everything is just wee. It's just pee. I'm just like I don't even bother, and I'll she's just like writing on the walls now. So I'm just like, well, you know, <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> Listen, I'll decorate it after I stop having kids. Yeah, my standards have definitely <laughs> Because dropped. there's no point doing that right now. <laughs> well, exactly. Okay. What what were standards? What standards? <laughs> I can't phrase it. I swear, baby brain is actually a real thing. Because man's not going anywhere anytime soon. Bex, I remember when, when I was pregnant, um, uh, there was a time oh, I was yeah, going no, to no. work. I um, got in my car, put my lunch on top of my car. And actually drove drove <laughs> off and wa- watched it flying flying off in the mirror and, and thought, hold on, what is that? With the face. But I still managed to you know, rescue it, but I was really confused. I was like, what is that flight? What, what is going on? Oh my god. I did that. Why is it flying off? I don't know how old she was, but it's whenever I used to give her a bottle in the back of the car to just keep quiet. And I put it on the roof and then 
me and Danny had to go driving around the streets for ages trying to find this bottle <laughs> because we were at his mum's house, which was 40 minutes away from ours. So we had to find it before we left <laughs> off home. And then there it was, lying on the floor. But I remember seeing something fly <laughs> off and think, that was weird, and then just carried on. Literally, yeah. You, it, you just think, what is that? I remember, I literally saw it fly <laughs> like a flying saucer. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read that bit in the book about? Um, have you read that bit in the book about? I'm proud to say I've never had one of those. When I was cooking dinner for. Oh yeah, well God, yeah. There's a few. I left the door completely. And wide you left open the door unlocked for four and a half hours <laughs> while I went out to a garden centre. Come back and was like, "Shit, we've been broken into." So I'm creeping <laughs> into the house trying to look for a burglar. There's nobody there. It's absolutely freezing because I left the door open. And I just, I watched back on the CCTV and I just got into my car and drove off without even shutting the front door. The poor postman had just like put the letters on the side without, I just don't understand. No, the one I was thinking of was when I decided to be a trophy wife and made Danny a chicken dinner when he was coming home from work. Put the chicken on top of the stove and put a tea towel in the oven and cooked the tea towel for half an hour. And nearly set the whole house on fire. Okay. He come in, I was sitting on the couch, dead proud of myself. He come in and was no. like, what is that smell? And I was like, I'm making you dinner. And he was like, no, honestly, it smells like burning. So I ran into the kitchen. There's a tea towel on fire right. in the kitchen. And the chicken was still sitting on the top. And I was so annoyed with myself because I'd had everything else prepped and the chicken wasn't I think I, I think you can, you can take the award for baby brainer. Honestly, it's embarrassing, isn't it? So bad. Nearly killed me and my own. I remember with me, we had gone um, shopping, and um, I, for some reason, was really paranoid that I had left the door open. So, this was in our flat before we had moved. Um, So, it was kind of like ground floor, but if you wanted to, you can climb onto the balcony and check the back, the door. Um, so I was really paranoid and kept saying to Fred, no, I've definitely left the door open. What if someone breaks in? So with all this pressure, he decides to call his brother to go and check. <laughs> so brother ends up sitting in traffic for about an hour, gets to the house, you know, has to climb over into our flat. And I'm sure other people are watching around thinking, what is going on here? Only for it to be locked. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I had to do, at least do that old closed. journey. <laughs> I bet you he was so happy. Yeah, no, he, he, he was not happy because then he had, he had to sit again in traffic an hour to get. <laughs> I think that's the annoying thing. That's the annoying one. When you think you've done something, but you're not sure, and you're literally like hours yeah. away from the house to even turn around and go and check and you're just like just do what, I what do I do should, should I turn around should I, should I just keep going <laughs> nobody robs his stuff yeah <laughs> you'll be fine Jesus Christ I, I swear like luckily we have good neighbours and if I'd have done that in the house that we lived in before I would have had nothing left literally nothing left <laughs> I know. So, so good thing you did like it. Obviously, trying good to thing. we're going to come oh, to good. a round off at the moment. But yeah, no. um, soon enough. But just wanted to find out. I guess you mentioned that you're writing your second book at the moment. 
Um, so how yes. how's that going and when do you think it's going to be released? So as the plan is for it to be out in May, I've finished it pretty much. I'm just going through the edits bit of it now. Um, so I am hoping to get that finished by the end of Feb mm. and then hopefully get some PR um, copies out ready for the release in may but i don't know we'll see i always put these pressures on and time scales on things i'm not that fussed this time i'm hoping that we'll just release it whenever it's ready um but we'll see okay. it's just it's hard yeah, work yeah, yeah. self-published author as well like all of my entire life is spent i can imagine a yeah. book so if there's any I don't know what are they called sugar daddies <laughs> listening who want to give me a load of money to get this published and take that pressure <laughs> off of me. That's also fine. So what did we say? Who want Kokwan? Some kind of stylist <laughs> and the sugar daddy. Yeah. <laughs> get in yeah. touch. And the sugar daddy. <laughs> just just the endless yes, list. Please. And just just to ask you um just just uh, one or two things off our list. <laughs> For me, um, I guess I'm I'm interested to kind of know how you kind of remain your authenticity um, and still kind of, I guess, like do um, mum influencer, would you say? Um, yeah, like how do you find the balance? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I, basically, I never, ever wanted to be on social media for the book. I didn't like the thought of having to put filtered photos out of my life. Um, but everybody who I spoke to who'd either published mm-hmm. or was interested in publishing the book had said you won't get anywhere without social media following so I just thought well if I'm going to do it I'm going to do it as me mm-hmm. and as this this true person that I am in the book because I'm so against what's the point of me building a following I guess of people who see me with beautiful I don't know, like perfectly filtered photos and then read this book and think, oh, she's a sweary scouser <laughs> with an absolute skeleton yeah. as a child. So I just wanted to show it that way. And I think the account is slowly <laughs> growing now. And I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be an influencer, but if ever it comes to that point where the following massively increases... I really hope that that authenticity stays because that yeah. not only has been the reason for the success, but also that's the one thing that people can really yeah. relate to. And that's the one thing that if I, if, if, ugh, mm-hmm. if Isabel ever reads this book, I would want her to read it as she is expecting yeah. her child because I want her to know that that's how... <laughs> Her mum went through it, but Jesus, please don't read it yeah. before. I don't want her to like pick it up when she's twelve and going through all these hormonal changes and finds out that I think, yeah, <laughs> and that's traumatized. You dropped shit teenager. in my mouth. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Now imagine, imagine Lex and Natara <laughs> listening back to the podcast and just thinking. What no, is that, going that, on with these women? That um, really amazing. And <laughs> I, I think you're right. I guess what, what sets you apart is that ability to just be yourself and just, like, t- tell it as it is, um, you know, sharing your experiences. Um, 
but no it's it's been amazing kind of mm -hmm. um listening to you and getting to know you a little bit and I would I would definitely love to kind of like uh, have conversations with you again <laughs> yeah. yeah honestly I think this has been one of my favorite podcasts because it's just it's so cathartic and like therapeutic to talk to somebody who just gets it like when when you've got a mum tribe around you of people who go yeah yeah it's a bit shit isn't it yeah I did do this awful thing and nearly killed the kid but it's fine because they didn't die and <laughs> like they're the types of people that I want in my life and I think <laughs> that's one thing I'm grateful for with Instagram is it helps me to discover mums like me that's what you need to find isn't it you need to find your own tribe yeah. I guess yeah and that I yeah. think that that's a nice way to kind of Definitely. And um, the episode about you talking about, you know, finding a tribe that relate to what it is that you, you feel that is best suited to yourself, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Is there kind of any last advice or anything that you want to say to um, people who are going to be listening to this episode? I guess the only bit of advice I would say is take all of the advice that everybody gives you and then just completely ignore <laughs> it all. Do your own thing, like unless you unless you find your tribe and unless you really can trust those people who give you advice when you ask for it, just ignore the advice that people give because, I mean, somehow Isabel's lasted nineteen months. I don't know how, but I've managed to keep her alive. And there are things that I've definitely done that were questionable, but you know what? She's still here, so I think. I'm they are more robust than you think <laughs> oh no thank you Isabel don't worry Isabel. you're safe <laughs> she's done nothing and she still gets the credit Jesus Christ <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny get um, all the credit they um, all Isabel do that they always get all the credit don't they names that we said you know oh. Fred loves that name and just like well if we have a get when we maybe that that's on the cards but it's, it's very you much you definitely won't pick Isabel anymore because I've put you it's up. very much on my lips <laughs> I love thank it thank you yeah. <laughs> no thank you so much for joining us Absolutely. and we will yeah, um hopefully have you back again very soon and we'll be definitely want to keep updated with the launch of your new book as well but thank you so much for joining us. And we thank you guys for listening again to another episode. And we will join you again next time. Bye.